All right, everybody. We're here with episode four of the Netflix documentary series Breakpoint and my live commentary. I've never seen the episode before, and here we go. Um, there's the play button. It is underway. So we're on episode four here. Great expectations. Spanish star Paula Badosa feels the pressure of entering the Madrid Open as a hometown favorite, while Tunisia's Anz Jabor looks to make history. Here we have Badosa partying in a van. My name is Paula Badosa. I'm 24 years old. I'm from Spain. That looks like fun. Looks like a good time. It's nice to see a lighter side of the players sometimes, you know? World number two. It's a drug. This sport is a drug. It's super addictive. This sport is a drug. It's super addictive. That's an interesting perspective to hear. Breakpoint. Great expectations. Good morning from La Caja Magica, the magic box. Madrid is a weird event. Oh, there's like desert on the outskirts of the event. I never saw that before. Is it? Yes, clay is more challenging. I don't know, grass is pretty challenging. Lots of the modern players absolutely suck on grass because there's so few grass court tournaments. But in general, I'm ready to accept the premise that clay is difficult. Absolutely. The draw is absolutely packed. And it's high pressure. Not every tournament can be the greatest tournament ever, you know? And Madrid is definitely not one of the greatest tournaments ever. I'm not sure. Thanks, Paula, a fan tells her. But yeah, I'm not sure if Madrid would place at the top of my list or the top of players' list. Oh, interesting. We got Simona Halep here. Obviously, she has her struggles at the moment with the doping allegations, but she was on site for this tournament in May of 2022. But the altitude of Madrid makes it not predictive. Um, of the big clay court tournaments in the lead-up to Roland Garros, it is definitely the least predictive. Hi, Paula. Playing in Madrid, having become recently number two, does it add extra pressure to you for, for the tournament? It's totally different to be number 70 than to be number two. You are more exposed, the pressure is on, so I have to learn how to manage it. Because in my case, everything happened very fast. She just said there. On top of that, she has that kind of cover yeah. look about her. Sure. Six foot tall, about as perfect as you can. Now is the time to and go through the Paula Bedosa resume, huh? 
I suppose it is. I saw her for the first time on Instagram, says the boyfriend. I thought she was pretty, she caught my attention, and I started following her from that day. Isn't that kind of shallow? One of the qualities I like best about her is that she is a strong person. She is one of the strongest women I have ever met. What a present she gave me here. She's always fighting for her dream. I think a lot of people that see me on social media, on Instagram, they think that my life and everything is perfect. But of course it's not. I'm living a dream. But at the same time, it's not easy to manage. So she, so this boyfriend has is, is got to be out of there at the moment, right? Let's, let's do a little bit of a tangent here. Let's cover that social media thing that's been going on in the last couple of days. Let me get that queued up here. And some tennis coach won it, but he wants to give it to... I guess there's some girl at his academy. Let's see what we got here. Do we have any good websites here? Tennis Now. They're, they're decent. Okay, I'm just going to read from this here. So what was that guy's name? First, let me get the deal of the end of that relationship. Because it can't still be going on, no? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um... It's important because it brings okay, financial I'm just going to read from this article here. This will be a nice sort of change up. Okay. So this is dated June 13th, 2023. That would be today is when we're taping this. You're going to be hearing it a little bit later than June 13th, but anyway. Okay. Paula Bedosa's former boyfriend attacks her and Stefano Tsitsipas. For TennisWorldUSA.org by Lorenzo Ciotti. Complicity and harmony is strong and more evident than ever between Paula Badosa and Stefano Tsitsipas, the one between the Greek and the Spanish player who recently confided that her relationship is helping her to concentrate better on the pitch? On the pitch. Maybe lost in translation there. Is certainly a special understanding. According to her latest rumors, the Spaniard would have broken her engagement with the Cuban actor Juan Betancourt. Uh, um, I don't like this website. Let's see if I can find another website. Tennis. Sitsadasa. Yeah. Let's take a look at the tennis.com profile. Okay. All right. So let's see. This is published from three days ago. The hardest launch I've ever seen. Paula Badosa, Stefano Sitspas unveil Sitsadosa Instagram. The tour's newest couple shared a batch of photos from time out together in Dubai on a joint account by tennis.com. The Sitsadasa era is here, y'all. Just days after appearing to take their relationship public on Spotify of all places, Paula Badosa and Stefano Sitsipas have since poured on the couple's content. As Daria Seville brilliantly put it on Twitter, this is the hardest launch I've ever seen. 
following in the footsteps of Jem's life. Um, um, Elena's Fidelina and Gael Monfils, G E M S, Gael, Elena, Monfils, Fidelina. The newest tour twosome launched a joint Instagram account titled Sitsadosa. The uploads thus far include a video exercising in the pool together and a photo carousel from their time out in Dubai. Is Steph's father Apostolos behind the cell phone camera? <laughs> imagine that awkwardness. A valid question from Seville. And Sitsipas tweeted on June 10th, Tic-tac, tic-tac, Paulita is back. Oh, God. Okay. Can I get um, another one of those articles there? I guess not. Okay, so they're talking about Jabor now. Jabor just said, I was a wise child. No, but I, before even playing a card game, she always wants to win. To say that you want to win a major title, people will laugh at you. People will say, no, you cannot do it. So I need to believe even more in myself. Okay. Um, the moment you start your career, the clock is ticking. I, I, I want to get back to that. Um, Bedosa thing. I just want to chase that down here live. Well, number eight. How that other relationship end? Her career, where she really need to win that big title. Personal life. Bedosa was previously in a relationship with Cuban model and actor Juan Betancourt. As of June 2023, she is in a relationship with fellow tennis player Stefano Tsitsipas. I'm going to chase this down from a different angle. I'm going to type in Juan Betancourt and see what comes up. Anything reputable here? made up of her coach, Isam, and her husband, Kareem. She really wanted to build out a full Tunisian team. Here is something from a month ago. Reports broke in Spanish publication Hola on Wednesday evening of the breakup of Paula Badosa and Juan Betancourt. But Badosa has moved to rubbish those rumors and said that it is very much the opposite and that Hola should inform themselves better. In the story, it says that it was brewing since spring with their last photos being on Valentine's Day. But Bedosa herself spoke recently on the difficulties of having a relationship as a tennis player and one that seemingly has not ended with Betancourt. Hola says that Bedosa and Betancourt broke up and she says it's not true. The information is the opposite. You should inform yourselves better when you make your scoops. Thank you. Okay, it looks like I'm not going to get my definitive answer here, but it uh, looks like, uh, you know, that relationship did end, but it's on Netflix, so that relationship's forever when, uh, when Badosa is 75. She's always going to have that Netflix show when she was dating that guy for one year. Anyway, oh, they talked about Jabor for a while, but now we're back to Bedosa, so good timing. With apologies to Anz Jabor, we'll get to her in a moment, I'm sure. Let's see what we got going on here. 
everything's starting to click now. Come on, Paula. Come on, Paula. Match point. She gets the win there in her home tournament. You want to feel that feeling of winning, winning, and winning. That's one of the reasons that... We can go to Badosa's on-court results now. I think that'll work. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. Up next, another first-round battle. Jasmine Paolini faces off against Ons de Boer. Ons has had a mixed season so okay. So we're looking at Badosa's uh, results here, starting with 2022 Madrid. Let's see how she did that week. Okay. 2022 Madrid. Yeah, so she lost the second round to Simona Halep, winning just four games. I wonder what happened there. I'm sure we'll find out with, with uh, some comments shortly. Rome, second round. Roland Garros, third round, retired. Wimbledon, round of 16. Lost to Halep again, winning just three games. Canada, first round, retired. Uh, Cincinnati, first round, uh, lost. Winning two games in the last two sets. U.S. Open, second round, winning three games in the last two sets. Guadalajara, first round, retired. This is not good results. And in 2023, I think she's done a little better. Let's see. Didn't play Australia. Indian Wells, second round, lost. Miami, second round. She lost to Rabakana both times. Let's see. Hmm. Madrid this year, round of 16. Rome quarters and didn't play the French. So this is absolutely the Netflix curse. Okay, here we got Patrick Moradoglu talking about Jabor. Ons was struggling a little bit with the fitness coaches and it was costing a lot of money for her. She told me, can you please be able to travel with me and help me with the fitness site? So I said, okay, I need to help my wife. In many ways, Jabor was also a victim of the Netflix curse. She made the Wimbledon final right after this, but she's been injured a bunch. Now you're cheating. Did you hear that? It was a big kind of risk to take to mix professional and personal life together. It's happened before. Some husbands didn't know Lee's husband. He was involved. Wasn't his name Dennis? He was involved in that. Uh, they were involved professionally for sure. But it's an interesting mix. How many wives are in charge of the careers of female or uh, of male players? Um, but but it's accepted for husbands to be involved professionally with their wives' careers. Interesting, isn't it? Some would call that sexist. And the female accepting of that relationship is, uh, you know, bowing to the system and all that stuff. No cover, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, I have a question. 
Tell me more about babies. You, I know that you like kids, you like the babies, and I know that you are in love with your niece. <laughs> yes, I love babies, and we yeah. both do. On support loves babies. Breaking news. <laughs> Little ons. Uh, we both cannot wait for that day. Okay. It's. Uh, Will be a victory for both of us. Okay. Do you, do you think you you will put her on tennis? I won't just let her. Why her? I want a boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to trick me. <laughs> no, but it's 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 uh, it's one of our goals for me after uh, a very after good, a good career. career. Yeah. Yeah. On getting emotional talking about having a family after tennis. Hug. Women do a lot of sacrifices. If you want to have a child, you cannot just go and have a child. You have to sacrifice that. You have to sacrifice something that maybe you love, a family, for for a career. I wish I was man, you know. Just I want to have a baby. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> I have a better angle here. Okay, and oh now he knows about the angles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, it's too heavy, come here. Come on, guys. Ready for tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see. Yes, always positive on Jabeur. <laughs> Women's tennis is incredibly physical. You can't just hop back on tour and everything's the same. Your body has changed. In the history of tennis, only three women have been able to have kids and then come back and win Grand Slams. So it's, it's a really big decision. Paula Badosa, how are you? Hi, how are you? She's world number two in tennis. It's a dream come true to be among the two best in the world. Next is number one. Of course, but let's start with number two. Of course. What's your goal in Madrid? I have a dream. I'd love to win in Madrid. Spoiler alert, she lost the next match. I'll fight and give it my all. At least I've got this chance. There's being a favorite at a tournament, and then there's being a favorite at your home tournament. Yeah, it's a unique pressure. Everyone has a different I mentioned that in the previous episodes of this podcast series. It never worked for me. They brought Courtney Wynn has been a nice workhorse contributor for the series so far. Sharapova less so. Jabor is one of the more interesting subjects, and they withheld her till the fourth episode. Round two, 32 players remain. Jabor on the treadmill here. Paula Badosa versus Simona Halep. There's a lot of things that affect you when you're gonna go to play. You're the home favorite. You have the expectations. They're setting the narrative up here for her to... The, Ramon, the Romanian, Simona Halep. Yeah, they're setting up the narrative for... Um, to explain the loss by her choking with the home pressure. It's a big, big challenge. Home court disadvantage, maybe. I feel a bit of the pressure, but I'm expecting a lift, particularly tonight. 
against the former world number one. Wonder if Halep was doping during this time. Just throwing that out there. Maybe that manipulated the results. Okay, match commentary time. I'm gonna reach over and get a little coffee sip here. She's playing unbelievable. But I'm playing on a good level as well. I can have that coffee 24-7, you guys, as you know. I'm nervous. Maybe a little bit more than usual. Just to go on a little bit of a tangent here, all the coffee places here in the Dalles close by 7 p.m. Except for Dutch Bros, actually. Dutch Bros is open later. But Dutch Bros is not my first choice because so, of how busy it is. That line is ridiculous pretty much every second that they are open. Like the people that are 14th in a Dutch Bros line, just think about your life decisions there. About how long that's going to take. I understand it might not be like an hour, but it might be like 25 minutes. Is it really worth it at that point? But Osa is not looking very good here. She's down a set in three love. I just can't find my level. Four love. She does not look very happy. I really want to leave the court. She says she wants to leave the court. I have so many negative voices in my head. You're a bad player. Again, connecting this back to the You're narrative that they've sustained. This is one of the stronger narratives they've sustained over all four episodes of the power of mentality in tennis. Quote, it's tough seeing her stress so much. She is at, she is at the limit of her emotions, stress everything. But there's nothing else you can do. She's having a hard time just holding on to her tears. Five love. Has been unrelenting, looking to snuff out Pedosa. Match point. Halep, game set and match. They felt the need to subtitle that, really. Simona Halep, doping or not, is the winner. The hometown quote-unquote favorite playing on the quote-unquote home court advantage is dismissed summarily in Madrid, in my and quickly. Very emotional. Yep. COVID. She's getting emotional talking about it afterwards this as well. to me before... I've been struggling for years with a lot of depression. And, oh, okay. She's struggling with depression. All right. When I was 17, I won the Junior French Open. Well, this is a lot of motivation winning a tournament like this, and it's amazing for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
people were talking about me like I was the next big thing, the next Maria Sharapova. Every junior champion gets like, that well, hype. Now I have to be a legend. Maybe next year I have to be. But <laughs> consider this: think about how many people on the WTA tour have had mental health issues. Sabalenka's talked about it. Um. Um, Osaka has talked about that very notably to casual press that broke through to even the non-sports press Um, there was somebody on the tennis podcast in the last year let me see if I can pull that up it was a former number two Um, let me get that this is going to take me a couple seconds that played decades ago let me see if I can get that. I think that was back from like September or something. Yeah, this is bad. It's bad. Okay, I should listen to this. Okay, but my my point is, you know, maybe the WTA has a workplace culture issue if so many of your top players struggle like this. The WTA should do better in this area. Paula Badosa was one of the first players to really openly discuss really how difficult Badosa shares mental health struggle. Paula Badosa and depression in tennis. Trailblazers in this space. I think it shows incredible amount of bravery. You are in a position where you don't want to show weaknesses to other players. You want to seem completely impenetrable. A lot of people don't talk about it because they think that they're going to be weaker. But I think it's totally the opposite. But also fighting a lot mentally to try to um, find myself again. My team. They're with me um, 24-7. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. <laughs> See you. Every time that I'm thinking about uh, something negative, I have them. You missed doing 100 more squats before the game. Damn it. For beeps' sake. If I'm not having that uh, good day or mentally I'm struggling, they're there for me. Publicist. I was very concerned. This is her publicist talking. Right now, from 0 to 10, how are you? It depends on the moment. You know the angel and the devil? Well, that's where I am. With that internal fight, constantly. When I'm okay, I feel like home on those courts, and I feel like this is my place. But I go from that to, get me out of here, I want to die. Her coach is also here. Pow, with what you're saying, the next time this happens, we must stop. Let's make this experience useful for the future to say, at this point, it is better not to compete. Just go home, take a break. She says, it's my own fault. My mistake for thinking, if there's a 1% chance to win, you never know. We're a team for the good and for the bad. 
We will always be there, right? Yeah. I'm really grateful to have good people by my side and they care about how I am before uh, the player that I am. I'm going to fight to be one of the best players in the world. And I hope one day we can all uh, make our dreams come true. All right, transition to the next part. Quarterfinals, eight players remain. I assume we're going to be going to Jabor here. Yeah, that's right. She won this event. I'm remembering that now. I believe she did. She had to have. Just gonna continue and keep pushing and we'll try I mean, I said what I'm gonna say about Jabor. She had a great clay swing in 2022, but she lost first round of the French Open, made the finals of Wimbledon, and hasn't really done that much since then. So I don't feel it's necessary to read off her results off a webpage at the moment. She's never easy to beat. And she just knocked out Paula Badoza, number two in the world. So definitely it's gonna be a difficult match. Jabor gets things underway. First spot Ready. in the final four. Nothing's gonna come easy. To win a point, you have to really go for it. Mighty. She has the best drop shot in the game. It's a thing of beauty. Chabert finishes strong to take the opening set. Just marveling at her ability. It feels like something's clicked. Halep smashing the racket. Halep is one of those perfectionists. Or Halep is a perfectionist. Just like myself. Jabor is the winner. Always when you come, I win. Jabor breaking that Netflix curse. the player to avoid. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, gracias. You had an amazing run. How does it feel? Honestly, a dream coming true. Mm -hmm. Semi-finals. Four players Can remain. Katarina Alexandra in the semi-final. Let's see. What else can I say about Jabor right now? Um, she's well-liked by players and fans. Her nickname is the Minister of Happiness. She is from a Muslim country, despite being from Africa, because North Northern Africa is considered part of the Middle East. So all those sort of history barriers that she broke in the last year, um, with in terms of national representation and sort of ethnic representation, 
um, you know, that got a lot of coverage when it was happening last year. Just, um, you know, she's she's considered a trailblazer, especially because uh, that part of the world is uh, quite conservative, and I mean that pejoratively, when it comes to uh, women's rights. Day before the final. The final is a big day for me. I think they're here. I'm playing one of the biggest matches of my life. The family is here. So I've talked about my opinion on Madrid. I've talked about the players here. My family is here to support me. Time to just let this play out. I'm not going to fill dead air unnecessarily, especially when I've already used my uh, talking points. Come here. Wow, come here. Lynn, Anz's niece. Give me a kiss. Ah, cute. I played the final tomorrow. What are you doing? Being surrounded by my family, seeing my niece is unbelievable. She takes the stress a little bit away. The final. Two players remain. Holy shit! Did you guys know that a final is between two players? Yeah, Pagula. I think I talked about her earlier in this series. She has uh, squandered her chances to be a top player. Oh, what's that dude's name? Prakesh Armitrage? Is that that guy's name that works for Tennis Channel? Interesting that he's interviewing her, by the way. I feel like all the players like Jabir, I think all the fans, I think all the journalists, everyone's just kind of rooting for her to do this. Yep, I just said that. Good luck. Thank you. She hits so clean, is incredible. She's very, very dangerous. On one shot, she can put you two meters away from the ball, like that. What is most tricky about playing Ons? She's very unorthodox. She plays different than other girls. Some girls you can play over and over again, and their strategy is kind of similar. Pagula herself using the term girl instead of woman. This is the first time that she reached the final of such a big tournament. Jessica Pegula! Pegula! Jessica Pegula has been yearning for this chance, for the championship. Big crowd reaction there. I'm so stressed. You don't know how, how much I'm stressed. I try to not show her, but inside I'm having a heart attack. Ready? Play. The great Kader Nooney. Darth Vader in the chair. (laughs) 
stands do not look full to me. A disappointment. Pagula 2-1. I am starting very slow. Pagula 4-1. Jabor pauses for a moment at the back of the court. Angrily talking, just stick. Focus on your game. Go! Four two, four Pagula, four three, four all. Just amazing. New nice drop shot. Six five Jabor. Open court winner. Marvelous, Seven five from down four one. One four to seven five there for Jabor. Looks like they're playing at night now. A day into night match. Pagula two love in the second. Three love. Jabor kicks it like a soccer ball. Kicks the tennis ball like a soccer ball. For love. She's killing me. She's not playing the way she Jabor gets aced. Five love for Pagula. It's not owned anymore on the court. What more can I do? It's okay. Six love for Pagula going three. I don't want to see her struggling. Now I'm kind of gaslighting myself into who won this. Did did Jabor win this? Maybe she didn't. Well, we'll find out in a minute or two, won't we? Maybe she. Go Ons, go sister. You are the boss. Attack without fear. Didn't Sviantek win Rome like 6 love, 6 love? Maybe that was two years ago. Jabor won one of those two last year. Yeah, okay, 3 2 Jabor. Bravo, Ons, go ahead. Jabor's like, I am not losing this match. I pressed the reset button. Indeed. 4 2 for Jabor. If I had the slightest opportunity, I try to take it. Six points in a row lost by five Jabor. two for Jabor. On Jabor with a chance now to be the first Arab woman to raise the trophy at a tournament of this magnitude. Serving for the glory in Madrid. Hans Jabor is the winner. Everyone looks relieved. That guy looks pumped. I can't believe it. She raises her arms to the heavens. 
Everyone in the box hugging each other. It's crazy. I'm just so happy. Big triumphant I music. So loud. <laughs> I really want to thank my team. She got uh, her niece back onto the court there, hugged her niece. Thank you guys for always believing in me and pushing me forward. And thankful for my family who came here to support me today. Feliciano Lopez standing in the background there, the Madrid tournament director. See the joy in Onsuber's face. She is very happy. For the woman who has done so much for Tunisia and for the Arab world and women across the globe. Onsuber blazed a trail to victory. That's a good call there. It's something unbelievable. It's like something very, very magic. Getting this title is all I've worked for. This is a big, big step that will make me believe more. In so the last couple episodes, episode three ended with one of the Netflix subjects winning a big tournament. Episode four ends with another subject winning a big tournament. All right, and that looks like uh, we're starting to wrap it up now. We're in the coming up segment. So it looks like the fifth episode here is going to cover Roland Garros. Of course, Rafa won that. You eat tennis, you drink tennis, you cheat tennis. Quote. I'm Rafael Nadal's uncle. I like being a teacher. Very good. Yeah, they're going to cover that crazy Nadal versus Felix versus Uncle Tony match. That was nuts. But uh, we'll get to that next time. All right. And um, that's going to do it for episode four of Breakpoint Great Expectations. This was probably the best episode since the first episode. I would, if I'm going to rank them, I would go one and four are definitely at the top, and then two and three. Um, I would give this an eight. So I've given an eight, an eight, and a seven, and a seven out of ten in the four episodes. So that would give us a score of 30 out of 40. So uh, our average through four episodes is up to 75%. Um, Based on, based on the first three episodes, I would not recommend the show. Based on the first four episodes, I'm slightly more likely to recommend the show. At the moment, I would recommend watching Breakpoint. But there's one more till we get to the half, halfway break. Um, and I'll give you my final verdict then. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and we'll do it again for episode five.